Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. And welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with my co-host Lou Weiss. And Lou, you and I are going to be talking about manufacturing power today with the founder and CEO, Mike Franz. So this should be an interesting discussion. Yeah, yeah it's, and actually it's uh, quite interesting because today is the 125th year anniversary of NAM, the National Association of Manufacturing, they started on January 22nd, 1895. That's even older than I am. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I wish Nam uh, congratulations on 125 years. And um, it's, it's manufacturing's been around a long time and will be for a long time going forward. Something that our economy needs to have uh on, on an ongoing basis. So that said, uh, Tim. So Mike, uh, welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're going to uh, have kind of a lively conversation, but kind of start out with, I wonder if you could explain to our listeners what manufacturingpower.com, which is your website, what does your company do? Yes. Well, Excuse me. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, uh, Tim and Lou, for having me on your program. Um, very excited to be here. Uh, and especially, I, I didn't know that this day was uh, such an important day in manufacturing as far as the uh, anniversary of NAM. So couldn't be more excited about that as well. Um, trying to build and grow the, uh, the industry in our own little way at Manufacturing Power. And what we do is we're a cloud-based market intelligence solution for manufacturers. We look at um, industrial supply data, collect it, analyze it, and share back with our community um, price transparency data that allows them to make the best buying decisions possible for their uh, industrial supplies and MRO needs. Okay, and where uh, did you get the idea for doing this? Well, it goes back a few years. Um, I had actually worked, uh, I'd been involved in manufacturing uh, on several uh, fronts for about 20 years now. And when I say several fronts, I mean, I've, I've worked in a small manufacturing facility. Uh, I've uh, worked on the sales side, selling to and selling industrial supplies to manufacturers. And I've also been in involved in the purchasing of those industrial supplies within a manufacturing facility. So it's kind of seen the different sides of procurement sales and uh, what these products are used for. And honestly, I was going around with sales guys selling industrial and MRO supplies to manufacturers. And my epiphany or the aha moment was when we were in particular uh, business park calling on Joe's machine shop, for example. And then we'd pop over to Bill's machine shop and then Peggy's machine shop. And everybody was buying the similar or similar products, if not the exact same products, but at different prices. 
and at the same volumes. And I thought, well, this isn't necessarily the fairest thing. So I wanted to come up with some way to uh, expose that pricing and give everybody kind of a level playing field when it comes to buying those products. And and here we are. Okay. <laughs> so specifically, let's get into the nitty-gritty of what uh, manufacturing yeah. power does. What do you do? <laughs> what, so, is, what is the point of manufacturing power? Yeah, so for example, thanks for asking, Luke. So what we do is we'll take invoice information for your industrial supplies. So anything from, I've always said this because I worked for a large paper producer, uh, anything from um, tooling to toilet paper. We'll look at those, any sort of items that are used to support your manufacturing facility um, that often get overlooked um, and it's not a huge spend, um, but it is impactful on your bottom line. That's for sure. Um, we'll look at those that invoice pricing information. We collect that. Uh, we put it uh, into an anonymous database, and then we share that information back to our community. So the bottom line is you can look at data, make the best buying decisions possible uh, based off of peer-to-peer -peer pricing information that we collect. We organize it. Uh, we organize all of your MRO and industrial supply part numbers. We organize it. We show you uh, what the market pricing is for those items. Uh, and then we share that back with you so you can use that for uh, negotiating contract pricing. So your program uh, for manufacturers is a, uh, I, I would guess, a subscription-based program? Is that, Absolutely. Is that yep. correct? Yep, we the power of our um, data collection is really in collecting the most data possible. So we have an annual subscription because um, we want to collect and analyze uh, data for one year for uh, at a time for customers to show the true value. If we can collect data over that that time. Um, there's a good chance, a very good chance, and we've proven it, that uh, we can show a tremendous value. So you collect data from all of your clients, feed it mm -hmm. into a, um, um, a database uh, of their pricing and all of the various parts and part numbers and so on that everybody can kind of read into it and see what the best pricing is for a particular part. Um, am I correct on that? Absolutely. Yep. So, you know, there's, there's book pricing or online pricing that everybody has access to. But mm -hmm. from, my experience, from my experience, if you go on a large industrial uh, supply um, wholesaler website, you'll see that pricing. In reality, nobody pays that pricing unless it's more or less a spot buy type of situation. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, typically, in my experience, a uh, shop floor person will come in and, and go to purchasing and say, hey, we need these 10 items. Please find them first. And secondly, get us the best price on these items. That's where we come into play. We have within our database, we have those items, but we also have uh, the non-book price. 
the actual invoice anonymous invoice pricing that people actually pay for those items so you can see um, where where the savings is at so the uh, does uh, manufacturing power uh, take a piece of those purchases or is it purely subscription based purely subscription based yes we do not partner with any of the distributors uh, so, you know, there's local national distributors and everybody has their preferences and we don't want to upset that at all. Um, we just want to expose what the best pricing uh, would be for the end user or the small to mid-sized manufacturer. So the, um, the number of parts that you must list within your database has to be rather voluminous. Am I correct? Uh, it's growing every day. Uh, yeah, I mean, we have over a million part numbers in the system right now, um, which doesn't necessarily seem like a lot. I mean, there's, if you look at a typical, uh, one of the big books from any of the national distributors, they have, you know, millions of part numbers. Um, however, um, we're finding commonality between, uh, you know, manufacturer to manufacturer and what people actually buy. And a lot of the we have access to a lot of those part numbers as well. So your uh, typical uh, client, subscriber, client, are they mm -hmm. small, medium, large organizations? Our tip, yeah, our typical client, uh, we say small to mid-size. Okay, and that, mm -hmm. what does that necessarily mean? But by location, so. Uh, anywhere from about 20 employees on up to about 500 is mm -hmm. kind of our sweet spot. Um, and that's by location. So a few of our customers have our multi-location businesses. So they'll have, um, we're based here in the Twin Cities, Minnesota. And um, a few of our customers locally here uh, have, you know, five or six shops around town. And we treat those all as individual shops, and that's one of the benefits of our of our software. That's one of the benefits of our software is that not only can we compare pricing against the market, but we can also compare internally if each location has the autonomy to make their own purchasing decisions. We inherently, from the data that we collect, can put visibility towards that, uh, towards those those particular part numbers. So, if, if location A is paying ten bucks for a part, and location B is paying nine bucks for a part, we do expose that and make that uh, visible for them to for the purchasing team to see that. Sorry, I'm just trying to get my head around this, uh, Mike, because it's it's really quite fascinating. We have. Uh, had some conversations with other companies who do some similar things, but very often what Lou and I have found in talking with manufacturers and service providers is that everybody's trying to do it for the OEMs and the Fortune 1000, and, and they're really not focused on 90-plus percent of the market, which are the small and medium-sized guys who don't exactly. have the buying power. Uh, who don't have the data collection ability. So you're, you're bringing a valuable service to the market. Well, I appreciate that, um, 
<clears throat> excuse me, Tim, there's um, that is one of our main goals and objectives um, is to really our, our, our thought process has gone um, to, has morphed over a couple of years, but it's really gone to this is that there are so many uh, B2C business to consumer type of products out there that are very similar to this um, that we just are used to using. And we thought, now, why can't we have a product that is built for in the business-to-business -business environment that takes care of this for us? Um, it's a price comparison tool uh, at the heart of it that exposes um, market pricing. And we want to be able to show that uh, to the small to medium-sized manufacturers so they can be more competitive. Do you uh, also, aside from, aside from parts, do you also uh, have uh, logistic uh, organizations uh, as part of your database? Okay. Not at this okay. point. Now we're still we're still uh, we're small and scrappy, and if we're we're definitely um, customer focused. So our we're open to anything. I mean, if there's a need for that and we feel that we could manage that properly, we'd be open to looking at that. But right now, Lou, no, we don't have anything like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, there, there may actually be those type of companies out there right now. Um, you know, it's, it's really amazing as to what's transpired in the uh, – specifically in the manufacturing world, that there's so much – available information and so much uh, software development to be able to create the type of uh, databases and the type of um, uh, aspects of being able to save money for uh, vendors and, and clients uh, that they couldn't possibly do on their own. Um, you know, I, I don't know the I don't know what an average number is, but a small to medium sized company, you know, they may have uh, the benefit of uh, seventy five hundred vendors that are suppliers to them, but here you're offering them a whole open world of uh, vendors uh, to be able to expand their vendor base at the same time saving them money. Yeah, and I mean, there's been a lot of technological tools or advancements that have really allowed us to do this. Uh, a few years ago, even I, I mean, more than a few years ago, but since the the cloud has has really become um, prevalent in in pretty much all of uh, all of data <laughs> and database usage, um, that's cut the cost of being able to do something like this and it's very manageable um so now it really gives us in the past we'd have to buy servers to support all of the data and it would be very very expensive and there there wouldn't be any cost benefit uh to to do it frankly um but now that we can collect and store all this data in the cloud at a relatively inexpensive price it really gives us the opportunity to build something very powerful and uh there's you know i we have shown value to our customers uh because of that 
How many uh, clients do you have today uh, who are using your service? Um, well, we have, uh, we have, let's see, as of yesterday, we've got 56 locations that are using our, our product. And uh, it's growing up every day. I hope to have one here today as well. But we're a growing company. Um, as I mentioned, our, our database is increasing every single day. Um, we're primarily uh, in the Midwest as of right now, um, but we're obviously uh, looking to expand, and this product can be um, pretty much implemented anywhere uh, just based off of uh, uh, it doesn't matter necessarily where the customer location is. Sure. And uh, for the sake of our listeners, uh, your mm-hmm. website is located where? Your URL? Uh, manu- manufacturingpower.com. And, and manufacturing they, is spelled out? Yes, manufacturing okay. manufacturing power, all one word, spelled out. And, yeah, we got the .com, so that's very important, <laughs> so people can find us pretty easily. Right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> manufacturingpower.com is the website. They, uh, they can uh, reach us through that. Um, we can set up demos. We can set up uh, in-person phone calls. We can set up any any of the standard stuff now. So we'd love to talk to anybody. Mike, I'm just curious, and for our listeners, yeah. we're talking MRO supplies. And I wonder if you – because some of our, our listeners may be listening from a different place in the company and, sure. and refer their, uh, their people to you. What – MRO supplies are we talking about? Sure. And that's, Tim, that's a, that's a really good question because in our experience, um, MRO can mean different things to different people. So right. MRO is maintenance, repair, and operational supplies. So, and we've categorized, we say that, and then we also say industrial supplies because uh, sometimes they get, you know, depending on the organization, they have different definitions. But anything really from, as I mentioned before, it's from tooling to toilet paper, anything that really uh, helps support uh, your facility. Um, there's um, uh, uh, no direct materials. We're not in any sort of uh, commodity items like steel or plastic or anything like that. It would be more on the, uh, the supply side, indirect materials type of, type of uh, items. And without uh, somebody inferring who's listening to this, that um, somebody like Granger uh, might be selling something to company A for $10 and company B for $9. I don't want anybody to think that. That's not what I'm suggesting. I'm just curious if Granger is one of the companies you track data for. Uh, there's quite a few that we do, yes. Um, and a lot of it really depends on uh, what information that our end users supply to us. So um, oh, okay. the, answer, the, the answer is uh, it could be. I'm sorry I mean, to it could be on off, that. Uh, af- that's all right. I'm sure it could be Office Max or Staples or even stuff bought on Amazon. Who knows? Yeah, and we're not necessarily 
we see the information, but it is not something, as I mentioned before, and I want to make this really ultimately clear, is that all of the information that we gather is made anonymous. So we look at manufacturer part number uh, as our um, as the main source of our data. So we see if it's a, I'll just give an example. If it's a, uh, let's just say it's a 3M product XYZ. We look at that 3M product XYZ and make the comparison across our database to see who uh, has purchased that item. And we also do consider, I, I wanna mention this too, we also consider volume in, in part of our, our backend programming as right. a consideration. So you're not gonna see, if you're buying five of those 3M XYZ parts, you're not gonna be compared against a company that is buying a thousand of them, for example. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah, that certainly makes sense. But it is apples to apples comparison and the way that we search our data and the way that we gather the data, we look at, we do look at uh, manufacturer part number we look at distributor part number um, just for internal analysis. And then we also look at uh, uh, key description words. So we really do have it honed in so we can make apples to apples comparisons. Incredibly valuable. Uh, Mike, uh, anything else you would like to share with our listeners as we wrap up this segment? Uh, sure. Anybody can, can reach us uh, on the World Wide Web at manufacturingpower.com. I, I would really, uh, you know, encourage uh, any of your listeners, if they have any questions about anything um, to do with uh, getting um, the best decision-making data around your MRO and industrial supplies to come visit our site, you can reach out to me personally as well. Uh, my information is on the, on the website. And I'd love to talk to everybody. And I, I really can't thank you guys enough for uh, allowing me to uh, to come on your program today. No, no we problem. always appreciate the story. And if anything new comes up down the road where you're adding to your service uh, uh, for manufacturing power, uh, by all means, uh, send us a uh, press release or give us a call, an email. And we'd be happy to talk to you and uh, bring you back on the show to uh, get your new information out to uh, our audience. Very good, guys. Thank you so much, Tim and Lou. I really appreciate your time. Sure thing. Thank you much. And and we appreciate yours. Uh, we've been uh, talking with Mike Franz, who is founder and CEO of Manufacturing Power, it can be found at excuse me, manufacturingpower.com, and I was just on their website, and they've got some great testimonials and product and services that they offer. So, again, we encourage you to go to manufacturingpower.com and check them out. And, uh, Lou, this is something that touches uh, kind of what we've always talked about is that small and mid-sized part of the market that, that most uh, – New age companies are, I don't know, seeming to ignore or haven't gotten to that. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a good word for it. They are basically ignored. But I think with the aid of uh, naturally the uh, Internet and so on, uh, everyone's beginning to get a, a better crack at the wider market. So uh, we strongly recommend that uh, the the small to medium size uh, reach out to uh, the manufacturing power and see what they're all about. 
Hey, Tim and Lou, and if you, can I add yes. one more point? I, I'm sure. sorry because I, I, I'm very sorry, but I wanted to I wanted to say this too because you just touched on something that I I really would like to uh, say something about. As far as as far as what you just said, as far as um, not ignoring the small to mid sized manufacturers, but sometimes there's not. Uh, enough resources within a company to dig into some of the new technologies that are out there that support the front of the house. So uh, instead of uh, there, there's a whole bunch of technology and tools that obviously go into the production side in the back of the house where people are actually making the product, but there's so many new and cool and useful tools for the front of the house, such as our product that we I, it's really uh, an interesting thing for me to go out and talk to people and expose them to those types of products that can really help them manage more efficiently and better the front of the house uh, as well as the back of the house. So thank you for bringing that up too. Appreciate your adding an extra point. No problem. Uh, Jim. And uh, if you would like to listen to this show or any of our other 400 or 401 shows, because we just crushed it over 400, uh, you can find them at mfgtalkradio.com, along with links to some of the other shows that are produced under the umbrella company, jacketmediaco.com. So come back and listen often. We appreciate all of our listeners and all of those people who've taken time out of their day to be interviewed on this and many other coming episodes of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>